Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. Today, we have part 3 of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. And it truly is the Wonderful Lamp and not the Wonderful Aladdin following part 2, isn't it? So far, Aladdin has discovered the lamp at the instruction of a crafty magician. He has ingratiated himself before the sultan and asked for the sultan's daughter's hand in marriage, which was promised to him. But then the vizier conspired to have his son win the princess's hand, and, as retribution, Aladdin has the genie abduct the princess and the bridegroom until such time as the princess is terrified, and the bridegroom would rather die than continue on this path, and asks to be relieved of his duties. And that is where we left things off. And now, we're on with part three of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. When the three months were over, Aladdin sent his mother to remind the sultan of his promise. She stood in the same place as before, and the sultan, who had forgotten Aladdin, at once remembered him and sent for her. On seeing her poverty, the sultan felt less inclined than ever to keep his word, and asked his vizier's advice, who counseled him to set so high a value on the princess that no man living could come up to it. The sultan then turned to Aladdin's mother, saying, Good woman, a sultan must remember his promises, and I will remember mine, but your son must first send me forty basins of gold, brimful of jewels, carried by forty black slaves, led by as many white ones splendidly dressed. Tell him that I await his answer. The mother of Aladdin bowed low and went home, thinking all was lost. She gave Aladdin the message, adding, he may well wait long enough for your answer. Not so long, mother, as you think, her son replied. I would do a great deal more than that for the princess. He summoned the genie, and in a few moments the eighty slaves arrived and filled up the small house and garden. Aladdin made them set out to the palace, two and two, followed by his mother. They were so richly dressed, with such splendid jewels in their girdles, that everyone crowded to see them and the basins of gold they carried on their heads. They entered the palace, and, after kneeling before the sultan, stood in a half-circle round the throne with their arms crossed while Aladdin's mother presented them to the sultan. He hesitated no longer, but said, Good woman, return and tell your son that I wait for him with open arms. She lost no time in telling Aladdin, bidding him to make haste. But Aladdin first called the genie. I want a scented bath, he said and a richly embroidered habit, a horse surpassing the sultan's, and twenty slaves to attend me. Besides this, six slaves beautifully dressed to wait on my mother, and lastly ten thousand pieces of gold in ten purses. No sooner said than done. Aladdin mounted his horse and passed through the streets, the slaves strewing gold as they went. Those who had played with him in his childhood knew him not, he had grown so handsome. When the sultan saw him, he came down from his throne, embraced him, and led him into a hall where a feast was spread, intending to marry him to the princess that very day. But Aladdin refused, saying, I must build a palace fit for her, and took his leave. Once home, he said to the genie, 
Build me a palace of the finest marble, set with jasper, agate, and other precious stones. In the middle, you shall build me a large hall with a dome, its four walls of massy gold and silver, each having six windows, whose lattices, all except one, which is to be left unfinished, must be set with diamonds and rubies. There must be stables, and horses, and grooms, and slaves. Go and see about it. The palace was finished by the next day, and the genie carried him there and showed him all his orders faithfully carried out even to the laying of a velvet carpet from Aladdin's palace to the sultan's. Aladdin's mother then dressed herself carefully and walked to the palace with her slaves while he followed her on horseback. The sultan sent musicians with trumpets and cymbals to meet them, and so the air resounded with music and cheers. She was taken to the princess, who saluted her and treated her with great honor. At night, the princess said goodbye to her father and set out on the carpet for Aladdin's palace, with his mother at her side and followed by the hundred slaves. She was charmed at the sight of Aladdin, who ran to receive her. Princess, he said, blame your beauty for my boldness if I have displeased you. She told him that, having seen him, she willingly obeyed her father in this matter. After the wedding had taken place, Aladdin led her into the hall, where a feast was spread, and she supped with him, after which they danced till midnight. Next day, Aladdin invited the sultan to see his palace. On entering the hall with the four-and-twenty windows with their rubies, diamonds, and emeralds, he cried, It's a world's wonder. There is only one thing that surprises me. Was it by accident that one window was left unfinished? No, sir, by design, returned Aladdin. I wished your majesty to have the glory of finishing this palace. The sultan was pleased and sent for the best jewelers in the city. He showed them the unfinished window and bade them fit it up like the others. Sir, replied their spokesman, we cannot find jewels enough. The sultan had his own fetched, which they soon used, but to no purpose, for in a month's time the work was not half done. Aladdin, knowing that their task was vain, bade them undo their work and carry the jewels back, and the genie finished the window at his command. The sultan was surprised to receive his jewels again, and visited Aladdin, who showed him the window, finished. The sultan embraced him, the envious vizier, meanwhile, hinting that it was the work of an enchantment. And... That is part three of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp, in which the story yada 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 is over Aladdin winning over the princess and the sultan himself, basically by being flashy and throwing his money around. Still, not a huge Aladdin fan at this point. This is Dan Schultz from the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. You'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always... Thank you so much for listening.